uh, exhortation is something that uh, we must do, and it's something that is commanded of God on a daily basis. We are in the book of Hebrews um, this morning. In the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3. I'm also led to everybody made it uh, made it in. Everybody made it in. I, I forgot what time it was, but it's done. Uh, Hebrews, I'm sorry, I'm going Hebrews chapter, chapter 13. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 13. And uh, it is unknown who the uh, Hebrew writer is. Uh, some say Paul, some say uh, uh, another who is trying to encourage the saints. But the overall message to this group of Christians, they were all Jews who have become Christians, and they, through persecution and trial, they were all thinking about turning back. They were thinking about going back to their old life, going back to their old ways, going back to their old thoughts and ways of handling situations. Just as we've been dealing with, uh, just as we've been dealing with um, dysfunction and how we all have learned at some point, we learned what we call survival skills. And those survival skills we thought were helping us to survive the dysfunction and the pointless things in our lives. But they really weren't survival. They were doing the actual opposite once we came to know the Lord and understood that uh, it is God who does the protecting and God who does the providing. It is God who does the propelling and, 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 and moving us forward. And so we have to learn to shed those old survival skills and pick up true life skills uh, for, from the Lord God. And when I say life skills, it's about eternal life skills and how to manage the vicissitudes of life. And many of them, they've been persecuted on all levels, physically, mentally, spiritually. And they're, they're saying, listen, now the sermon sounded great when I obeyed and there are all these wonderful promises that Jesus had, but I didn't sign up for the struggle now. I didn't sign up. This is hard, man. This is hard. And some of us as Christians find ourselves saying, talking about just how hard it is. It's so hard, even when it comes to being in, 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 in leadership, people say it's a hard job and, 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 and the burden that it is. But see, uh, when you talk about this, uh, this, this burden, it's a blessed burden. It's a blessed burden, nothing to be complained about, nothing to be drug about. It, 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 it is it's a great, it's a blessed opportunity. Not just to be uh, 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 serving God's people, but to be one of God's servants. It's a blessing. Especially when you compare it to where you used to be. And how you used to think and what you used to do. And see, when people are going through hard situations and they're struggling, they think about turning back. They need somebody to exhort them, to put sense into, to remind them of where they came from. Remind them of why they're doing this. Remind them of the blessing in it. Remind them to keep moving forward. Exhortation does that. Every time we come to worship, every time we have a Bible study, every time the purpose of it is to exhort to encourage and to move you forward. And when and, and we've got to get to the point this year, y'all, where we learn to exhort one another in our daily conversations as well. Learn to encourage one another. We've become uh, we've become masters. We've become masters at discouraging each other. Because of the things we've learned from the world of how to be sarcastic and cynical and and, and all these types of things, but we need to learn how to be uh, encouraging. Encouraging and helping one another to make it through. Because we must all, as it says in Acts 14, we must all, that message that the elders give forth, we must all struggle to make it into the kingdom of God. 
can we learn to encourage one another, help one another make it through? Now, I, it's just funny, isn't it? And the reason why it says that, because it says something about how we think. It says something about how we think. It's just funny, isn't it? And I'll read that. It, it, it's funny, because it's in, in yellow, so I'll read it. It's funny how a $20 bill looks so big when you take it to church, but so small when you take it to the market. It's funny, isn't it? Funny how long it takes to serve God for an hour, but how quickly a team plays 60 minutes of basketball. It's funny how long a couple hours spent at church are, but how short they are when watching a movie. Funny how hard it is to read a chapter in the Bible, but how easy it is to read 100 pages of a best-selling novel. <coughs> funny how we can't think of anything to say when we pray, but don't have difficulty in thinking of things to talk about to a friend. Funny how we get thrilled when a bad baseball game goes into extra innings, but complain when a sermon is longer than the regular time. Funny how people want to get a front seat at any game or concert, but scramble to a back seat at church service. Funny, isn't it? It's quite funny. <laughs> Yeah, funny, isn't it? How we need two or three weeks advance notice to fit a church event into our schedule, but can can just but can adjust our schedule for other events at the last moment. Funny how hard it is for people to learn a simple learn a simple gospel well enough to tell others, but how simple it is for the same people to understand and repeat gospel. Funny how we believe what the newspapers say. A question what the Bible says. Funny how everyone wants to go to heaven provided they do not have to believe or think or to say or do anything. Funny how you can send a thousand jokes through email and they spread like wildfire. But when you start sending messages regarding the Lord, people think twice about sharing. Funny? Are you laughing? Or are you thinking? the reality is not funny at all. And see, because of the way we think, we tend to make situations much more difficult than they ought to be. We make the struggle greater than it has to be. Because we complicate it, because what we do, instead of thinking about Jesus, thinking about our purpose, thinking about what he sent us for, instead of thinking about those things, we think about how it's going to inconvenience us. How it's going to make it difficult for us. How it's going to be hard for us. And I'm sorry, that's Hebrews 3, 13. Uh, uh, how it's going to be, how it's going to cost us, how we're going to look in front of people. How, how, how people are going to think about us. And how it's going to affect the relationship that I have and people I want to hold on to. That's what we think about. And then all of a sudden it becomes difficult. And you know what that does? That adds to the discouragement. It adds to the despair. It adds to the doubt. It adds to the downtrodden feeling. And it makes, us e makes it easier for us to want to look back, turn back, go back to what we are calling in our minds freedom, but really it's slavery. We see the same example of the children of Israel when they left Egypt. And once they got out in the desert, instead of learning to depend on God, they wanted to depend on their own ways. And when they, they became frustrated with that, they said, we had it better when we were enslaved. We had it better when we were in sin. Not true. And the Hebrew writer is encouraging them in that regard. In Hebrews chapter 3, the Bible says in verse 1, Wherefore, holy brothers,
brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, and also Moses was faithful in all his house. But the man is counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that uh, builds all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast with confidence in the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness tried. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear by wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness for sin of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, if ye hear the voice, his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was the, the grief forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into the rest? But to whom, uh, but to them that have believed not. So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. So now, uh, we're talking about exhortation, and we're talking about encouragement, and we're talking about not falling back. Scripture says, but exhort one another daily while it is today, while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, when you obey the gospel, he's talking about Christians, See, on that day when God put the Holy Spirit in you, he sanctified you on that day. Where sanctified means set apart. He set you apart for his purpose. Remember when we talked about when God anoints, he then appoints. Now, our struggle, our problem is dealing with being the, the appointment. Because now we've been anointed by the Holy Spirit. He's put us in here. We've raised and walked in the newness of life. Now I'm walking in the newness of life. Well, I think in the newness of life. Will I function? Will I speak? Will I carry myself in newness? Or will I keep reaching back to the old way? Those things will frustrate life and make it very difficult. It'll make you harden your heart because the more you ignore and the more God speaks, the harder your heart becomes. And it becomes hardened by pride. It becomes hardened by haughtiness, arrogance, stubbornness, and, resist and resistance to accepting God's will for your life. So, Bible says this, exhort, exhort is encouraged each other to be faithful as the son was faithful. But Christ is son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and rejoice with the hope firm until the end. Now, he's saying we are the house of Christ. We are the church of Christ. We are the people of Christ if, now, if, 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 if we hold fast the confidence. Meaning, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of hardship, I cannot let my confidence be shaken in Christ Jesus. He is the deliverer. He is the Savior. 
And I said on the day when I came out of that water, I trust his way and I trust his way alone. Can I be sure to keep my word and hold fast to the company? What do I mean by that? When, when hard times come, hold fast means to grab and hold on and not move. See, so when situations become more difficult, trials become more difficult, what the Christian does, instead of losing, losing his grip or loosening his grip, he tightens his grip. Holding fast with confidence and the hope, knowing that if I hold on through this trial, hold on through this provocation, it'll be better for me on the other side. I've just got to hold on. And, 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 I, and rejoice of the hope from now until the end. So now here's the thing. When you hold on to the confidence, he says, hold on to it not like a burden. Hold on to it like a blessing. Paul said, I, 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 I glory when I'm tried, when I'm tempted for the glory of the Lord. First Peter says, hey, when you are tried for the Lord's sake, you glorify him. You magnify Christ. You get people to look past you and look square in him. When I'm being tried and when I'm being tested. Huh? Example, that's like, uh, as Brother William is a new Christian, the thing is when he's at his bedside and, and doctors are saying different things, if he's still saying that I know God is going to do what's right either way. Amen. Whether he keeps him or he calls him, God is right either way. When he understands that that child, though he's sick, that child is all right. Because that baby, if he's caught, he just goes back home. That baby is in a better situation than all of us. He came to do a specific thing, and the father may call him back. Brother William learns to say, just like Job said, God give it, and God take it away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. He's always right. He's always doing what's best for me, even when I can't see. Even when I'm second guessing, God is always doing what's best. So it's not a burden to hold on. It's not a burden to bow my will, bow my knees, bow my face, bow my will. It's not a burden. I'm glad to do it because it's better for me. But we have to make that decision because if we don't, guess what? Instead of ending up better, we end up bitter. Hmm? And when you're bitter, you want to turn back, you want to go back, you want to stay. You don't want to move on. Hmm? You want to get better, not bitter. Hebrews 3, 1 through 6, if you read that. So exhort us to encourage. So now we got to encourage one another to do what? Hold fast and to rejoice in hope. Huh? It's so easy when people are going through things that the talk to them like, oh, I know, and it's so, and I mean, I mean, I know. And the Bible does say rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. But even in your mourning, you can hold on to somebody and keep them looking forward. Because God has a future and a hope for them. Huh? We can hold on to the end. Encourage one another, Psalm 97, 7-11, to, to, to not harden hearts uh, to the voice of Christ, especially during times of provocation and temptation. 
For the Bible says in Hebrews 2, verses 10 through 18, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. We gotta encourage one another to keep hearing Jesus. Because guess what? When you're going through this time, Jesus is saying, I was in that. I did that. I was right there. I went through that. I was tempted like that. Yeah, yeah, I was. Some people say, well, well I, don't, I don't understand that. Uh, and Jesus, you know, uh, 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 Jesus knows a lot of things, but he don't know what it's like uh, to be out of work. Jesus was a carpenter, right? What do you read about carrying wood? Now, he did it as a child, but here's the thing. His ministry was always supported by, uh, the, there were disciples and women who followed, and they gave up their means in order to push it forward. And they asked Jesus, Jesus said, look, look, the foxes have holes, the bird has nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He knew what it was not like not to have a home, a comfortable place to lay. Huh? Yeah, he was a carpenter by trade, but he was so busy and consumed with that three-year mission that he was on, he had no time. But yet, 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 Jesus never missed a meal. He was always provided for. Because he was always, see, 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 a Christian, see, sometimes we get caught up in the world. The world say, if you don't have a job, then you're not working. The Christian is always working. He's always working on himself and getting out of the way so that God can work through him. The Christian is always working. And as the Christian is always working, God is always searching. God is always providing. God said, let me get you ready for this new opportunity. I'm going to drop you in, but i got to do some things with you. I need to get you to, stay, I need you to stand still for a minute. Amen. So I can talk to you. Explain some things. Get your mind right for this next thing. Because if you don't let me get your mind right when I give you this blessing, you're going to be puffed up. You're going to be arrogant. And you're going to forget where the blessing came from. And when you forget where the blessing comes from, you're going to misuse it. James said you, you steal, you kill, and you murder. And you, you, you ask amiss because you're asking for your own selfish pleasure. Everything God gives you, using it for selfish means. And it's pulling you away from the Lord. The Bible says, James 1, 12 to 14, Blessed is the man that, that, endurance, that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, that a crown of life which the Lord hath promised. Enduring hardship. We've got to encourage, encourage one another to endure hardship. It's just for a moment. It's just for a little while. We'll get through. And the reward... The promise from God is always greater than anything that you can get for yourself. And we're not just talking about at the end of life. We're talking about the blessings that he rains down daily. What God gives is always greater. So we got to encourage one another in our conversation. Now we got to encourage one another, hold on. Girl, stop talking like that. Smart. Huh? Yeah, you're better than that. Our, our, our Savior is better than that. His promises are better than that. God is bigger than that. In you, he's bigger than that. We're not having that conversation. Let, 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 let me show you. Because if you ever catch this show, terrible. But if you ever catch this show, terrible. 
If you ever catch that error, it's called First Wives, right? New show. About all these supposed pastors' wives who come together, they're supposed to be like the real housewives, right? And they get together, and then they was on the, on the thing the other day, right? I caught a piece of it. And they came to dinner, and, they, and the one the one girl with the one lady was invited, she was trying to, she was saying stuff from the Bible, and the one said, you ain't, we ain't got to talk scripture all the time. Always talking Bible. Look, man, we got to get around and be real. We got to be real. We got to be real about what we feel. Ain't got to be close groups all. We just talking. We just talking about what we going through. We just talking about what we just talking about. We just talking about. Dare to request such a thing of the people of God. If I can't speak about him, then I don't have to speak at all. If I can't speak his word, See, it reminds me of when the apostles were released from jail. And they said, look, I'm going to tell you again, do not go out there preaching this name. I'm going to tell you, don't go preaching his name. They got out, and within a few minutes, they said, look here, all the gurus, all, all gurus are filled with his name. Didn't we take his stop? Right, Acts 5. They said, you know what? I'm sorry. I was there. I was there. When he rose up out of the water, he said, this is my son, whom I'm well pleased. I was there when, 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 when God said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him, and he made Elijah and Moses disappear. I was there when he said, Lazarus, come forth. I was there. I was there when, when the man who had leprosy all over him, and he came and said, I know you can, I know you can cleanse me. He said, and you shall be. And the leprosy was gone. I was there when the woman crawled through the crowd with an issue of blood had been bleeding for oh so many years and she touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole again. I was there. And because I was there, because I saw it, because I was there, I can't help but talk about it. Because I was there when I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. I was there when I didn't know how the bill was going to get paid or how I was going to have a house. I was there. I was there laid up on my back and, and every, even my thoughts caused me pain. And he got me up off the bed out of the bed. So I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't help it. I can't help it. But tell the world about me. Does that not make sense to anybody? You've got to be reminded, put sense into, encourage people, exhort, don't you remember when? And because I remember, I can go just another step further with the Lord and say to Jesus Christ. Huh? Huh? And, and it's just endure because it's greater. There's a greater thing. We've got to encourage one another to take heed to his word rather than be drawn away. From his supreme power of protection by what? Our own doubts, our own discouragement, and our own desires. Those are the things. We gotta we exhort one another this year to encourage one another. Don't let your doubts and your discouragements, your frustrations, draw you away from the power of his protection. Huh? Huh? Bible says, Bible says, take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you. Uh, any, any of you, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. You know what? And it says that in Hebrews 3, verse 12. See, 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 take heed 
Notice, brother, look at what's going on. If you, you gotta, we gotta be, see, that's why our relationship, that's why fellowship is important. We gotta be close to one another, open, and talk to one another so we can see. You can see when you talk to people, you can see the direction that their thinking is going. And when you see it, you try to uplift it, you try to encourage it, say, let's not go that way, let's go this way. Huh? Because doubt, Satan will work the doubt in any heart and will turn you evil. Doubt is a lack of faith. It means I don't trust God to do for me what I need for him to do. And sometimes we get caught up in, he's not doing what I want him to do, therefore I don't believe he's doing what I need him to do. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. And in 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 through 12, it says that they might be damned who believe not the truth. That is condemned. Those who believe not the truth, when Christ is revealed with his angels, he's coming back to get those who have remained faithful. And those who haven't trusted, those who haven't believed, those who haven't lived according to his life, they will be lost. So guess what? It has to be my duty to encourage my brother, because guess what? If I don't encourage my brother, encourage my sister, guess what? I might be having a conversation, right? And that I, I, I might have been the last one who could have encouraged them before they took that last step into a completely hard part. Huh? I want my brother. I want him, I want him to make it. I want him to I don't want to see them damn. I want to see them. I want to see them blessed. And it says, uh, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-way sword. Hebrews 4. Guess what? We've got the labor. Guess what? We're trying to all enter into that rest. He's talking about heaven. Let us not be like those who went before, doubtful, downhearted, and full of despair and depression, and always but still having such a carnal appetite, having switched over to that which is spiritual. Exhortation this year. Let us encourage one another this year. We gotta get into the rest. Let's get into the God's rest, huh? I know you're tired, but walk on. Amen. Because we can rest after we die. And raise up to live again forevermore. Huh? There's plenty of time for resting. But how many of us, you know what, you know how it is when you start getting discouraged, I'm going to tell you. When you start getting discouraged, and you start getting filled with doubt, then everything that has to do with God all of a sudden becomes hard. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Hard to read the Bible. It's hard to take time off. It's hard to pray. It's, it's, it's hard to get It's hard to get up and make it over there, man. Uh, just don't think about nobody, man, but itself, man. Just stay back a whole hour, took an hour away from me. It was already hard to get up and get over there. Now we got to get up over there early. I can't stand it. <coughs> hard. Not understanding that all we're trying to do is make sure you have more daylight in the wintertime to travel. Verse 5. So when you get here, we can get out, and you still got a little daylight and get home instead of looking at the shiny street. And some of us can't see. I see it every Sunday. I'm looking at you frowning. <laughs> if y'all can see some of the faces you make when you try to see. Whoa. Yeah. And I'm like, no, they ain't smiling. 
thing is, so we try to create more daytime. It's for your benefit, but sometimes we get so caught up because we're so spoiled. We're so spoiled and used to somebody, but I grunt, somebody changed the world because the world revolves around me. We're so spoiled that we can't even see when something's being done for our, de for our benefit. The moment it changes and it makes me a little uncomfortable, now it's detrimental. Or really it's beneficial. Huh? Huh? So, 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 then exhortation is to encourage, is to comfort, is to admonish. So, what we're talking about here, we want to encourage one another this year. We want to encourage one another this year to, 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 to be constant Christians, to continually be Christians. You read that in Hebrews 13, verses 15 through 16 about being faithful, being patient continually in well-doing, Romans 2, verse 5 to 13. We want to encourage everybody to, 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 to be patient and continually uh, continue in his goodness, Romans chapter 11. We want, to, we want to encourage one another to be patient continually in his word, in his faith. In the faith, we want to encourage one another in praise. We've got to encourage one another, <coughs> all of us, in our conversation. Just like every day, every Sunday, we encourage someone. And if you've heard the word of God, and he's convicted your heart, and he's shown you that you are lost, understand you don't have to be lost. How do you know that you're lost? Because you haven't been baptized into the body of Christ according to his word. The body is his church. If, 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 if you receive salvation by a sinner's prayer, you're not saved. If you receive salvation by speaking in tongues, you're not saved. The Bible doesn't teach you. If you receive salvation by being voted in by the pastor and added to, added to a, a, a joining a church, you're not saved. Because the Lord's church can only be, uh, you can only uh, become a part of the Lord's family, the Lord's church, by being added by his blessed commands in Acts chapter 2. So you've heard Jesus, and Jesus speaks. And he says, those who have ears, let them hear the word of God. And the word of God says to you that you are, if you are in your sins, you are separated from God. And if you die in that condition where Jesus is, you cannot come. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 tells you that. And so if you, if you realize that you need to say what they said in Acts chapter 2, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? They said, repent, each one of you be baptized for remission of your sins. Remission is forgiveness of your sins. you got to go down in that water and meet the blood of Jesus that, that came down from the side. Have all your sins washed away and his spirit, the Holy Spirit will be placed in you to lead you into all righteousness. you got to hear that. Say, if nobody hear you by the word of God, believe what he said. Believe what he said, because without faith it's impossible to please God. But those who come to him believe the reward of those that diligently seek him. Confess Jesus. When you confess Jesus, that's not just saying with your mouth. It's saying with your life and your actions that I've changed and I'm going to do things God's way. When I, I want to be sanctified by his blood, set apart to his youth, and whatever you say do, Lord, I'll do it. Jesus says, okay, confess me before men. Now, when you confess Jesus before men, guess what? It, that means you might die a thousand deaths. That means you might die a social death. You might die. You might you might die a financial death. You might die. But guess what? I'm not gonna leave Jesus. 
I'm going to stand with it regardless. Because guess what? I'm just speaking for him because he spoke for me the day he went up on Calvary. So I'm going to speak for him. He says, because unless you confess before me, I won't confess before my father who is in heaven. He says, and after you do that, repent. He says, you get, you get to repent before that. Leave all your sins behind. Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my King. I'm going to follow you. He says, now be buried in the water of grace of baptism for the remission of sins. Rise, walk in the of life. Be added to the body, which is the church. There's only one church, one body, and only one way to be saved. You got to be in Jesus. Be a part of His church, the Lord's church, the church of Christ. That we walk in His love. Only then can we be saved. We're walking in the of life. Jesus encourages. The Bible encourages all of us here, encourage to walk in the Lord's work. Why won't you?